And right now, I know that they feel like I'm flaky. And that's a problem. Um, there's a couple of buildings in Kentucky that we're going after. And one is 4 million bucks. Another one is 8 million bucks. And although we funded the $8 million deal um, with North Miami, like pretty, I wouldn't say easily, but mm-hmm. it was, it went pretty well. Yeah. Um, given the, the economic climate right now and given the sediment yeah. in the economy, the fear, yeah, the fear and shit, I'm not 100% certain that it would be, you know, a, a, a smooth road mm-hmm. trying to fund, you know, a, a eight figure deal yeah. right now. Not to say that we couldn't do it, but something that I've worked out for myself is unless I can fund half of it myself, like boom, no problem. Because typically what we see is with soft commitments, about 50% of those soft commitments come through. Yeah. Right. And it's been a long time since we have, we've actually gone through the soft commitment. I think we should actually start mining them again, mm-hmm. reaching out, do some like reach out. But we've got about what? Six million bucks in soft commitments. Yeah, the, this is probably going back to May. Yeah, or so it's been June. a while. It's yeah. been a while. Um, nonetheless, even though I have, you know, we have that much in soft commitments, I feel comfortable when I can fund 50% of the deal in terms mm-hmm. of down payment. And right now, banks are like really trimming back on their LTVs. So it leaves me a little bit kind of mm. uncomfortable, I guess. Because. So on the eight mil property, you'd have to do thirty percent down. I'd probably say it would end up being about three million bucks. Three mil down. Yeah. So about one point five to yeah. you. So yeah. like, here's the thing. Now I can pull that together. Yeah. But I'm asset rich, cash poor, mm-hmm. right? And right now, I'd also like to keep a little bit of dry powder around just to kind of have. Um. Now, you know, in the event that because because I, I like the eight million dollar property better mm-hmm. i'd love to get both if the economy wasn't so volatile and there weren't so question marks in the economy yeah. i I'd do both no yeah. problem it's the same owner the owners are from california the properties are in kentucky great submarket in kentucky i love it it checks all the boxes um it's literally in in what i call an ideal submarket. Mm. it's got certain population growth above a certain a certain amount it's got uh medium median income in the submarket is above a certain amount love it um the uh the rent growth is above a certain certain mark the cap rates in the submarket are above a certain mark like it, it's 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 not that old it's around like a late 90s early 2000s vintage which is great you're not mm-hmm. going to see like ton, like you're not going to see like crazy sh- dumb shit going on there um like you might have to replace like hvacs and you know shit like that but uh you know, you know, big, big stuff, you're, you know, structural, you know, HVACs and roofs. That's what we got to look at. Mm-hmm. But uh, other stuff like that, like you're not going to see like crazy stuff. It's still, it's still new enough where even the vintage would work. And like I've said before, these are senior communities, which people really only care about being in like a clean, safe place. Mm-hmm. If, if the cabinets are like a, a late nineties vintage, they're not going to like care that much. Right. So I'm probably going to go after the $4 million property because I could take that down myself for sure. 50% of it. Okay. Of the down payment. So I'm, and, and the, the nuance that kind of came up now is 
I went in at the numbers that I wanted in terms of a return for everyone, all the investors. I went in, they came back like $750,000 higher. I act, so they went in at 4 million or they, they offered the whisper, the whisper, they call it a whisper. The whisper was at 4 million bucks. I went in at three. They came back at three, seven, five. I haven't come back now. So what, what's happened now is since then, there was a rate increase in the States. So now it's even worse of a deal. Okay. I wouldn't say worse, but now it's, it's, there's less of a return based right. off the rate. And I reached out to him yesterday and he's like, oh yeah, there's another group interested as well. They've already toured the site, all this stuff. But he's like, well, make your offer though. You can." And I was like, well, are you guys committed? And he said, no, there's no commitment, official commitment. Feel free to make your offer. I hate this shit. The reason why I hate this shit is because that other group is further along, okay? The reason why I waited, which I also hate the fact that I waited. The reason why I did wait was because I wanted to see what the market was gonna do, okay? Well, lo and behold, the rate increase came and... Now we're now we're here. There's another group involved. What what tends to happen when this happens? I'm going to submit an offer, and guess what he's going to do? Leverage it. He's going to either leverage it, not even consider my offer because they're already further ahead. So, and then go back to them and say, "Hey, I just got this other offer. You better fucking beef your shit up." Or. I have to strengthen my original offer, which I should have just fucking gone right at. Like I, I should have just went like full force ahead when I first submitted the first LOI at three and just came back at like, you know, split the difference or whatever and said, this is my first like last and best drove down there, you know, get it, get locked in with a PSA and then called it a day. But now we're in this and I hate this right here because a lot of times when the the other group is further along, they've already invested some time and money. You know, they've traveled there or done whatever. I don't know if they're local or not. And because they're further along, a lot of these a lot of these com- like large commercial inv- uh, realtors, they like to see commitment so that um, it shows the owners or the sellers that there's a, a high likelihood of this actually closing. Okay, mm-hmm. and right now. I know that they feel like I'm flaky and that's a problem. So this, this is something that I suggest to people when they're trying to go into like deals like this, never come off like you're flaky because they will prioritize non flaky groups of buyers for even less price versus flaky buyers that come in higher because they don't feel there's a high likelihood of closing you. Mm -hmm. So for example, the Orlando property that we, we, oddly enough, didn't close, I displayed a very high likelihood of closing. Went down there, brought my property manager, John, down there with me, brought my property inspector from here to qualify the building so I wouldn't get hung up on like a, a property inspection report. So I knew going in that this was something that I was comfortable with in the condition mm-hmm. that it was. I displayed a high likelihood of closing that property. I didn't because, you know, things came up, markets, you know, happened. But in the end, they were, and there was other groups involved at higher numbers, they told me, okay? But I displayed a high likelihood of closing because I wasn't, you know, I just, I not only displayed it, but, you know, certain language I used, certain actions I took by, again, going down there, bringing, you know, bringing certain people down there. And, uh, it's very important to display that when you're playing with the big dogs. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little bit, 
I guess this is where my uh, my my expertise and experience kind of comes in to kind of massage this type of scenario where if I really truly do want this property, I'm going to have to fight for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have to display my uh, my high likelihood of closing versus versus them. Really, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a me versus them now at this point. If they do, even if they do have someone interested, they might actually be bullshitting me too, right? Yeah. You never know. Bluffing, yeah. Yeah, they might be bluffing. So the ways that I'm going to probably approach this is going to be number one, I'm going to send a new LOI, which will be obviously stronger. I'm still going to have to come in at what, what I'm probably going to do is come in at the base requirements of what our investors want, which is typically a 7%. Uh, five-year average cash-on-cash return and a 25% uh, annualized rate of return over five years. Um, What I'm probably going to do is come in at that number on the LOI. I'm probably going to maybe... I don't think that I can shorten up the close because the close is kind of what it is. It's going to take about 90 days to close. It is what it is. But one of the things that I'm going to do too is I'm going to actually potentially get down there right away and remove a property condition report because what I'll do is I'll bring Don in with me okay i'll bring don the property condition guy mm-hmm. or the uh, inspector and then what i'll do is I'll, I'll send them a financial statement report of myself mm-hmm. to show them i am strong enough to do this and then i'll actually show them that i actually have the cash in the bank for the down payment to close it mm-hmm. so those those things is what th- that's probably what i'm going to do to strengthen the deal because they might not have gotten that far and i actually find it odd that like why aren't they committed yet I find it actually odd. Like, do they not have their ducks in a row? Are they still looking for financing? If I can show them that I'm actually strong enough to close it myself, which I could, I could pull those numbers together. I, yeah. It's not a problem. Yeah. If I can show them that I'm strong enough to close it myself and I'm not waiting for, like, say, financing or, or uh, which not to say that I wouldn't put a financing condition in it, I would show them what I would show them is I have the down payment mm-hmm. at, a, at, say, a 65, 35 LTV, which is probably what it's yeah. going to come in at. Which right banks now. will do all day long. Yeah. yeah. So, which is actually, which is what they're probably going to require mm. because I'm going to be restricted by the debt service coverage ratio at this point in the right. economy. So, so I'm going to show them that I actually have the available cash sitting there ready to be deployed to close this property. And then I'm going to show them, and then I'll actually probably even uh, pull together uh uh, the reviews from the other the other properties from Canton and North Miami from the realtors that I worked with and mm-hmm. show them how diligent I was at closing those properties. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to prove to them that I, you that they will have a high likelihood of closing this property. And then I'm going to kind of maybe finagle my way in of like, okay, well, let's sign the LOI and I'll get there this week to view the property because I do know that another thing that you know out-of-town sellers want to see is they typically don't want to put deals together or assign PSA unless you actually tour the property, which yeah. is, is understandable. Understandable, right? They want to know that you're serious. They want to know that you're not going to tour the property after they have a locked-in PSA because once you lock in your PSA, you're already thousands of dollars deep with legal fees. They don't want to get down that road with you. You tour the property and you're like, oh, the roof needs to be done. We're going in for an adjustment of like, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. They don't want to see that shit. They want to know right off the hop, hey, the roofs are in really rough condition. This is why I'm coming in at the LOI that I'm coming in at and call it a day. Yeah. They want to know going in, this is kind of what the number is going to look like that I'm closing with. And that's it. So that's the way that I'm going to approach this deal now. 